0: Now, we'll continue in our worship with the reading of God's Word. Our reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 18. Hear now the word of the Lord. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh
1: And I think we're good. I'm excited this morning to share with you what I believe God has laid on my heart, and what I believe God's message for you is for this day. From the book of Ephesians, chapter two, we continue on the in this uh, theme of you know um, the Pauline epistle to the church at Ephesus. He was writing to the church, which was primarily Gentiles, but there were some, there were a few Jews who were there, but he said, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles in the flesh. Wow. And he went on to ex- explain a little bit about what he meant when he said Gentile, Gentiles in the flesh. One who was a Gentile in the flesh was one who was separated from Christ. And if you think about it, it means that we were all Gentiles in the flesh. Because we have all been separated from Christ. Sin has separated us from God. Secondly, he said, a Gentile in the flesh is one who was alienated from the commonwealth of Israel God's chosen people so in the flesh if you are not a Jew he says you're a Gentile in the flesh you you're not part of the Commonwealth of Israel thirdly he said you're strangers to the covenants of the promise The covenants were not known to them. The covenants were not given to the Gentiles. It was not known to the Gentiles and not applied to the Gentiles. Which left them how? It left them, according to Paul, without hope and without God in the world. Hope. Hope is the one thing that keeps people going. Come on now. Hope is that one little thing that keeps people going. No matter how tough the situation, if you have hope, you will keep going. No matter how bleak it looks, no matter what people around you might say, if there's just that tiny bit of hope, you will keep on going. Unfortunately at times, you know, every single one of us have done this at times, because sometimes we can be hope killers. <laughs> instead of encouraging a brother or a sister to keep the faith, instead of encouraging a brother or sister to trust the Lord, we just do things, and we say things that snuff out the last little bit of flicker of hope. And so I'm going to encourage you this morning, don't be a hope killer. Don't be a hope killer. When you open your mouth, speak a word of life. Amen. When you open your mouth to a brother or a sister, speak a word of life. Speak a word of encouragement. Speak a word of hope. Because you might not know, that might be the last time that brother or sister, you know, that, that might be their last chance to hear a word of hope. And the flicker of hope, that little light is just wavering and almost going out. And that word of encouragement would relit, just relight that, 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 that hope that springs from within. So don't be a hope killer. To be without hope, literally, is to be without God in this world. Can you even imagine living without hope in this world? Can you even imagine living without God in this world? I mean, the, the, the old song says, in times like these, we need a savior. Amen? In times like these, we need an anchor. My anchor holds and grips that solid rock. That rock is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And then there's an old Jamaican, um, you know, chorus that, you know, I used to sing, the grace thrillers made it, made it popular. We need Jesus now, more than ever. We need Jesus now, more than ever. So when you think about living in this world, when you think about going from day to day, and, and, and folks, come on, we're, we're, we've been struggling, we've been surviving. We're, uh, most people, most families, most companies right now are in survival mode. They're in survival mode because of this pandemic. And if you think about it, you know, people are putting their hope and their trust in science. And you know what? You know, hey, if if that's what's going to give you hope, you know, that's fine. But my hope and trust is in the Lord. It's in the Lord. And I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm asking God to give the scientists, give the researchers... Uh, you know, a, a mindset that they would be able to come up with, um, with a solution, with a vaccine, with something to, to, so that we can as a, not just as a nation, but as a world population, that we can come and handle and be victorious over this. Without hope and without God in this world when you walk through life, you wake up in the morning, you wake up this morning feeling fine. (laughs) If you woke up this morning feeling fine, it probably means that you woke up with Jesus on your mind. (laughs) Amen. If you woke up this morning with a positive feeling, with a positive attitude, chances are is that you woke up this morning with a faith Secure and with a faith grounded and rooted in our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. But a Gentile in the flesh has no hope, has no God. But Paul spoke not only to the Gentile, Paul spoke to the Jews. And in fact, He said in verse 11 the (laughs) so-called, wow. He said, therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles in the flesh and you are called uncircumcised. You are called, they they were naming you as uncircumcised and who was naming you? The so-called circumcision, wow. That done in the body by human hands. So-called circumcision. Now, it's one thing to, to be righteous. To be made righteous by God. But if God can turn around and say, you know, you are, you are not really righteous. You're just, you call yourself righteous. You're so-called Righteous. You're not really the real thing. You're not really a designer. You know, you're not authentic. You're a knockoff. <laughs> you're a knockoff. You might look the same. You might you know, e- even smell the same. Like a, you know, a designer you know, outfit or a designer you know, handbag or something like that. And you, you might even have the name. But you're, not, you're not the real thing. You're not the real thing. And so Paul was talking, you know, Paul was talking about the Jews, and he, and he said he called them the so-called circumcision. They were circumcised in the flesh, but not circumcised in the heart. They were circumcised in the flesh, as he said in verse eleven, that done in the body by human hands. But not done in the heart by the divine hand. Amen. The verse implies that there is a circumcision not only of the flesh, but also of the heart. Those whose hearts have not been circumcised are then still Gentile in spirit. So Paul was saying that the Jews, even though they were circumcised in the flesh, even though they were circumcised in the flesh, were in fact uncircumcised. They were literally Gentiles. They were Jews in the flesh, but Gentile in the spirit. Hmm. Scripture interprets scripture. So here, what the book of Romans, chapter twenty. Chapter 2, verse 28 and 29 tells us, A person is not a Jew who is one only outwardly. Let me say it again. A person is not a Jew who is one only outwardly. Nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is circumcision of the heart, by the spirit, not by the written code. That's plainly said. Amen. Paul goes on to explain that one who is circumcised in the heart, uh, Jew or Gentile, is united not only with Christ, but with all Christians, whether Jew or Gentile. He is united United in Christ, all Christians, whether Jew or Gentile. So we not only have a Gentile in, this, in the flesh, and we spoke, we spoke about a Gentile in the spirit, but when you move from being a Gentile in the spirit to being a circumcised person in the heart, in the spirit, When you're in Christ, in other words, when you are a Jew in the spirit, it means that you have been brought near through the blood of Christ. There is a oneness in Christ that is realized. Verse 14 tells us, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and has torn down the dividing wall. hostility. Wow. He himself is our peace. He is torn down. The two has been made one and God has torn down the dividing wall of hostility. What is this dividing wall of hostility? Verse 11 gives us a clue of what Paul is actually thinking about. You who are Gentiles in the flesh and called uncircumcised by the so-called circumcised. The dividing wall is not that some are circumcised and others are not. But the dividing wall is actually the attitude, mindset, and the heart condition that creates this barrier, this wall of hostility. So what message is there for us today? Do we have an attitude that we are better than others? And if we have an attitude that we are better than others, this might actually create a wall of hostility. For the Jews, it was simply that they were born in a particular household that made them Jews. That they were circumcised on the eighth day. That made them Jews. And because of that they felt that they were superior to others. Do we have an attitude that we are better than others because we live in a so-called better neighborhood than others? Do we have an attitude that we are better than others because we believe that we have a superior doctrine? Even within the Christian church, some denominations look down on other denominations And they call them certain, you know, they they use certain adjectives. Oh, this church is this. This church is that. Uh, They don't believe the truth. They don't believe the truth that we proclaim. They don't believe like us. And so, without saying it, they're actually saying, we're better than you. The wall of hostility that Paul spoke about was religiously driven. Actually, it was religiously driven. That fact alone challenges us as the church right here in America. So let us ask ourselves frankly, is there a dividing wall in the church of the United States of America, here in the U.S.? Is there a dividing wall? And I ask, Why is there even such a concept? Why is there even such a concept, much less a reality, of a black church or a white church? Why is that? Is that because there is, in fact, a dividing wall of hostility between these segments of the church? Let's face it. Let's be real, the church is challenged, the church is called to be the example of racial harmony, to be the example of peace, to be the example of not just coexisting, but of true unity, of the oneness that Paul spoke about in verse 14, for he himself is our peace who has made the two one amen. He has made the two one. What does that mean? He has made the two one. Of course, he was talking there about, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles. But I think we can move that forward and, 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 and apply that to us today, in today's world, not just to Jews and to Gentiles, but to ethnic groups. Amen. But to religious groups, within the Church of Jesus Christ, the various denominations, break down, let's break down those walls. Because as, 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 as one, you know, my, my mentor, Reverend Noel Williams, the late Reverend Noel Williams used to say, You know, as a church, we sometimes, we we major on the minor things, and we minor on the major things, and that's why, you know, the churches, you know, are so separated from each other, Instead, he said, you know, um, you know the Nazarenes should you know, pull together and, and work with the, with, the, with, with the Pentecostals. And the Pentecostals should work with the Reformed churches. And the Reformed churches should, should work with, you know, with this church and that church. And we should you know, come together and we should major on the major. And the minor thinks, yeah, we, we differ on, on, on some things, but let's keep that minor. What are the major things? The major thing is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That it is Christ and Christ alone. Amen. That Jesus died for our sins and up on that truth. That's where our salvation lies. Amen. Amen. So what's this oneness that Paul talks about? This concept that he has made the two one. I'm not only a minister, but I also teach um, mathematics. And in, in, in mathematics, for example, we have a concept of unity that we call one. The mathematical one can be identified as a single object and it's considered equal to or identical to the collection of components that together form that object. We consider this model to be an accurate representation since it has consistency logically and physically. When we compare principles to the physical objects or to the theoretical ones, there is a high degree of consistency for the representation. So there's a, a concept of oneness, where parts are brought together, and, 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 and there's, there's unity, there's oneness. But in math, there's also the one that uh, it's, well, we're talking about when counting. This is called a natural number, or a counting number. So you're counting, you know, one, two, three, four. That that concept of one is in terms of the number of items. So it has to do with what's called a natural number or a counting number. And and and, and you know, just thinking mathematically, we say by the way, um, zero. The concept of zero was um, for years, a number of years, thousands of years, was not even considered. Um, until one mathematician came up with that concept of zero. And and, and zero is actually not even a counting number. It's not a natural number. Because you can't count something that's not there. (laughs) So zero is actually not a counting number. Um, But to say that God has broken down the wall of hostility and made the two one implies the application of both concepts, the concept of bringing together different parts and bringing them together to make them unified, and then the concept of numerically one. Firstly, the concept of unity, the bringing together of multiple parts into the whole where their existence or essence is now redefined, not in reference to the individual parts, but to the whole, the united one. Secondly, there's a concept of counting. We're not two or three or four different churches, but we are one in Christ. We're numerically just, in terms of counting, there's one church. Actually, it's the same kind of concept when we speak of the trinity. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons in the trinity. And there is oneness as expressed in the unity of the trinity. But there are not three gods. There is one. So in terms of counting, in terms of numerically, there's one God. But in terms of the concept of unity, there are three persons bound together by love. There are three persons of of the Trinity. So there's a unity of the Trinity. So there's a concept of unity, but there's also a concept of counting. God has called the church. To not only be a united body, but to see and realize itself as one numerical church. Mm. Uh, let me say this one has to be experienced before the other. We cannot be one numerical church unless we become one united church. <laughs> we cannot be one as a numerical church. Until we become one as a united church. This is actually very applicable to us here at Boylston and Christ the King, because we're... I, I've actually, when I, when I talk about the church, you know, to my colleagues at my school, uh, or, or, or to people, I actually say, you know, we're, we're not two congregations. Right now, I see that we are one congregation. We're two organizations, but one congregation. Amen. So there is the fact that we are two, you know, two organizations and two different parts, and we're coming together to be united. But as a church body, as a church body, we're one. So we are we are actually living out that concept of unity and oneness in terms of numerical counting. So we are br- we are brought together by Christ, just as Paul was trying to talk to the um, Ephesian church about being brought together in unity, but at the same time being counted as one. Thirdly, we have in Christ. In other words, a Jew in the spirit. (laughs) I'm not a Jew. In the flesh but by God's grace and by by God's in you know, a purifying and by God's redemptive power and by God's regeneration of the Spirit I am a Jew in the Spirit one who has been brought near through the blood of Christ oneness is realized as verse 14 says for he is our peace who has made the two one And has torn down the dividing wall of hostility. Amen. That Christ is our peace. We have the peace with God, we have the peace of God, and we have peace with others. Let us understand that this oneness cannot be created outside of Christ. It cannot be realized outside of Christ. It cannot be experienced outside of Christ. It comes only through the experience the peace of Christ. The peace that the, that, the, that the Word tells us. A peace that passes all human understanding. Amen. For He Himself is our peace, who has made us one. We have peace with God, peace of God, And peace with others. We have peace with God. Romans chapter 5 tells us. No longer enemies. We are no longer enemies of God. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know. Growing up um, in Kingston, Jamaica, I, I, I got involved in some, you know, as a teenager, as a young teenager, I got involved in the wrong, um, the wrong company. And in, in, interestingly, uh, there was a, another young man who um, got saved and got called into ministry, preached at my home church, and and. My mother found out he went to the same high school, because he referenced the high school. And then when she spoke to him afterwards and said, well, I'm, I'm Patrick Mason's mother. <gasps> really? What's Patrick doing now? He says, oh, Patrick is a minister. <gasps> a what? And of course, when I heard that he had become a minister, I said, a, a what? And my mom was laughing because she said, wow. She said, "Ah, it's very interesting that he had the same reaction you had when I told him that you were a minister. There were guys in the neighborhood, and there were guys at my school, my high school, that they had such a reputation of um, violence and badness. That you didn't want to mess with these guys. You wanted to be at peace (laughs) with these guys. You wanted to be on their side. You wanted to be at peace with them. Because when things go down, you want to be on the side that you feel safe. I'm saying, wait a minute. God is all-powerful. We're in a spiritual battle here. And God is all-powerful. And which side do you want to be on? Do you want to be on God's side or do you want to be on the other side? And I tell myself, you know what? I want to be safe. I want to be on God's side. So I want to have peace with God. I don't want God to be warring against me. Because if God is warring against you, we're in trouble. If God is warring against us, we are in trouble. But if we are on the side of the Lord, Amen. If we have God by our side, if we have God as our protector, if we have God guiding us, if we have God beside us, if we have God protecting us from above and watching our six. Watching our back. and We are all right. We are all right. So we have peace with God. For we are no more enemies. But we have been justified through faith. And we have the peace with God. We not only have peace with God, but we have the peace of God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 tells us, And the peace of God, which transcends, it passes, it goes beyond all human understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Which is why Christians, people who depend on God, people who take everything to God in prayer, people can face turmoil. They can face difficulties, and they can come through it, not necessarily smiling because, you know, sometimes that's hypocritical, because you're going through pain and suffering and things are really difficult, and you put on a plastic smile, no I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about Coming through victorious, coming through knowing that God has been with you, still holding your faith, and that glimmer of hope, that little flicker of hope, is now burst into big flames, and that hope has filled your heart, and you can face tomorrow. The, 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 the songwriter says, "Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Amen. Because He lives. I can face tomorrow. We have the peace of God, a tranquility of heart. It doesn't matter the turmoil that's going on around you, there's a sense of tranquility, there's a sense of peace. Peace is not necessarily the absence of war, it is an inner serenity that comes only from God. And thirdly, we have peace with others. Paul encouraged the church at Ro- in, in, in Rome. He said, if it is possible, as much as in you lie, live peaceably with all men. The NIV puts it this way, if it is possible, as far as it, at, as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So the, 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 the child of God, not only has peace with God, not only has the peace of God, but is striving and is working towards living at peace with all people. Now, it's, now sometimes it's not practical. And I'm glad that the scripture puts it this way. If it is possible, because sometimes it really doesn't seem like it's possible, If it is possible, as much as in you lie, as it depends on you. So the peace living with your neighbor, it's not, the onus is not on your neighbor. The onus is on you. Amen. It's not dependent on someone else. It is dependent on you. For you are the one who bear the cross of Christ you are the one who carries that flag. You are the one who, who is that child of God who should represent a Christian attitude to the world. So it says, as much as in you lie, if it is possible, which kind of implies that at, some t- at times, you know, you can do all you, all you can do. You can do all you can do. You can, you can, you know, Give the hand of uh, fellowship, which might be rejected. You could give an apology, even though, you know, it's, it's like, you know, 99% their fault and only 1% your fault. And you still give the apology, and the apology is rejected. You could do everything possible that you could do, and there's still ain't no peace. And you just, you know, walk away and commit it to God and leave it at the cross. And keep praying that God would give you a forgiven heart. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, <laughs> live at peace with everyone. Verse 17 tells us, he came and preached peace to you who were a far way. And peace to you who were near. Which is, he came and, pre- peace, and preached peace to the Gentiles. And he came and preach peace to the Jews for through him we both have access to the father by one spirit we have access to the father by the spirit I say to you as you go through the week this week as you reflect, and I hope you do reflect, on the Word this morning, that God has made us one in Christ, coming from various backgrounds, coming from various parts, not only of the United States, because right now, you know, you know, we have at least, you know, um, three or four countries represented right here. Um, in, in, In a small congregation. Coming from the various parts of the United States and even of the world. Coming together here as Christians. We are united. And to see ourselves as one body. Numerically one. Even though we are united. From various parts. From various segments we are united and then to understand that God has called us to be Jews in the spirit, to be circumcised in the heart, to be made righteous, to be made pure, that we avail ourselves for God's working in our heart and then to understand that we should Not only experience peace with God, we should not only experience and and have the peace of God, but the practical side, the, the, the horizontal side is as we work with each other, we should be at peace with others. I could close by just simply saying, peace out.